You are listening to the Bridge Community Church Podcast out of Warrington, Virginia. Our church exists to connect you to God, others, and the marketplace. For more information, you can visit us online at bridge4life.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you are blessed by today's message. Well, good morning. As you can see, I'm not Pastor Greg. Pastor Greg is in Senegal with the missions team, and they are having a great time. He texts me to let me know that the flight over was uneventful. Yes, that's a miracle. It was uneventful. And so yesterday, they actually dug footers to help build the church, and they dug those by hand. And he said, it's a good thing I'm doing CrossFit. So he's having a great time with the team over there. He will be back next Sunday, so please pray for an uneventful flight on the way home. Amen? Amen. So today I'm going to speak on growing your faith intentionally. So if you would just stand with me, and we're going to read the scripture, Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. Let's read. Therefore, brothers and sisters... Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to share your word today. God, I just pray for your anointing, and I pray for the cultivation of our hearts and our souls to receive your word, to help us to apply your word to our lives, because you want us to be successful in our journey and following Christ. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. So again, I am preaching and intentionally growing your faith. You have to be intentional. Our mission statement at the bridge is connect to God, connect to one another, and connect to the marketplace. We are intentional on getting you connected. This is a core value in in this church. And a core value is something that is settled in you. You stand on it. You hold fast to it. It's a guiding principle that directs your life. Just as some of you, a core value is honesty. You stand on it. A core value may be faithfulness. You stand on it. And a core value may may just be attending church on a regular basis. You stand on it. You make sure your children are in church. You stand on it. That is a core value. Where our mission statement can only be accomplished and in and achieved through 
relationships. And, and all the ministries here at the bridge, it's a core value. This is what all our ministries are intentionally focused on. Because we want to help you connect to God. We want to help you to connect to one another. And we want to help you to connect to the marketplace for those out in the community. I mean, that's our mission statement. And it can only be accomplished through relationships. You have to have a relationship with God. You have to have a relationship with people in the church. You have to have a relationship with those out in the community so that you can grow in your faith, you can grow closer to God, you can grow closer to one another and be discipled, and then you can go out and be closer to those in the community and help disciple them. That's our mission. It's a shift from living by accident to living on a mission. See, some people get up in the morning and act like there's no plan involved. I'll just float around, and if God brings something to my attention, I may or may not help. But you know what happens with that? You miss opportunities because you think to yourself, I don't know if that was God or not. Maybe it's just my feelings. But when you're on a mission, it ain't about feelings. It's about helping others follow Christ. We're on a mission to disciple. It's focusing on what you can do for God instead of what he can do for you. It shifts the focus so that we can be productive. He wants us to be productive in, in our walk with him. So number one is, on my first point is be intentional about developing your relationship with God. We read this morning, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. The first part of our scripture reading this morning was about how we can draw closer to God with confidence. We can come to God in confidence. And you know why? Because of Jesus. Because of his son who died on the cross for us. Jesus died for our sins and rose again so that we could live a victorious Christian life. And I know sometimes that those who grew up in church and those of you here, sometimes that is like, oh yeah, but that's so basic. If we forget the basic then we forget the plan of God. And that is a basic. It is foundational and a core value of God's. Because we can go to God in the holy place because of the blood of Christ. And we cannot say we love God and serve God and continue to live an ungodly life. We have to cultivate our faith in God. And when we put God in his rightful place, his rightful place is where he's Lord and Savior, is where he's in control. We're not in control in telling God what we will and won't do, what we will confess and what we won't confess, and what he can forgive and what we won't allow him to forgive. We can approach him with confidence 
because he is holy. We forget that God is holy. He's holy. And when you put God in his rightful place of holiness, then you will also discover a reverence for him. A reverence to where you are wanting more of what God loves and who God is than yourself. And so we approach him with confidence. And we go to Jesus and we ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins. We all get that. We all understand that. But what you seem to, a lot of people do, is they hold on to the shame. Shame. Shame will thwart your relationship with God. Shame. Because when you try to draw near to God, all you see is shame. And, and you say, and you keep asking, forgive me, Jesus, forgive me, Jesus. And you know what Jesus says? Forgive you of what? Because he's already forgiven you of that. But see, we allow the shame and the guilt to be in our lives and in our hearts and in our brains, in our minds, because that's what Satan wants. Because he knows if he can get you to just continually be shameful and guilty for the sins and things that you have done in your past, then he can keep you from God's destiny in your life. And God wants to take that. Jesus died for that. Do you understand? He died for your sin. But do you understand? He died for your shame. Let go of the shame. Because your shame will help you discover more of God. See, the greatest example I can give you of that is Paul. See, I can imagine Pastor Paul standing up in, in a service and preaching and looking out into the crowd and seeing orphaned children because he killed their parents. Or seeing a mother with her little kids and they are in poverty because he killed her husband and father of the children. If Paul had hung on to the guilt and shame, he would have never written most of the New Testament. That's what Jesus does in our life. We confess it, we give him our shame, and we give him our guilt. Because when you draw close to God, it will also help you to discover that he is to be worshipped worshiped it will lead you into worshiping god as pastor malik led us into worship today the presence of the lord as we worship him as we worship him we feel his presence he draws us near and not only during church service but all throughout the week continue to worship god now we can do that in different ways a lot of it can be through music, it can be through reading, it can be through journaling, it can be through just out in nature. See, I'm one of those people that I see Jesus coming up the hill. See, uh, behind our house, there's a hill, and then there's also, I don't know, it's like a pond thing. I'm praying for a lake, but, but it's like this pond thing. And in the morning when it's really cold, you can see the smoke rising. 
well, I see Jesus walking through that smoke. And it is, but you can use nature to lead you and draw you closer to God. I didn't say worship nature. I say worship God as he's in, the, in nature. And however God chooses that for you to have the ability to draw closer to him. See, when we put him in his rightful place, he's holy, we worship, and then his word will lead us to love his word. We will begin to love God's word. It will matter to us how God thinks. It will matter to us about loving people. It will matter to us about him. And, and this is the thing about God's word. Is it's, it's a step to lead toward him in his living and active word. And because it searches the heart. God uses it to take what is hidden. The secret things. We don't want anyone to see. And we bring them into the light. Not for condemnation. Say, not for condemnation. But to be set free. See, he already knows our sin. He already knows our guilt and shame. And if we try to draw close to him, see, what you do is you, you do this. You draw close to him, you feel the presence of God, and inside you do this. Because you know as, as you get closer, those things within you need, are exposed, and you need to give them to him. We all do that. It's, it's part of discipleship. It's part of how we grow but, but not for condemnation, but to set you free. And God wants the truth of his word to go deep inside of us, where damaging lies are buried. See, truth is powerful. And the enemy will do everything he can to keep us out of God's word because the truth we trust will change our lives. And when we trust something, we place ourselves under its influence. So when we trust God's word, we obey it. It changes us from the inside out. And we live out a character that God has transformed. See, you are drawing close, and it results in developing and cultivating your life and drawing closer to God. Which will overflow into other relationships Number two is be intentional about developing your relationship with others. See, Pastor Greg wanted um, the message to be on relationships. So who else better than the Connection Group pastor who is so, so passionate about relationships, right? So that's why he asked me to speak today. And my second point about developing relationship with others in verse 24 and 25 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Now I'm going to take another drink of water, and they know back in the media room, and Mike knows, not to change the screen yet. So I'm going to take a green, uh, drink of water, and then I'm going to have him change the screen, and we're going to read that together. Got it? Okay. 
Mike, let's go. Read this with me. Studies show it's healthier to eat Twinkies with friends than broccoli alone. Woo! It's healthier. It burns calories. It's so much better. Now, I wanted to say peanut M&Ms, but that was not the quote. It was Twinkies. So, anyway, we put that, that in there. But I have cited three studies for you so that you can see I'm not making this up. So, HuffPost released a study in 2019 that people who are active members of a religious community are more likely than those who don't have those strong religious ties to describe themselves as very happy. One of the most thorough research projects on relationships is called the Alameda County Study, headed by a Harvard social scientist, Dr. George Kaplan, who tracked the lives of 7,000 people over nine years. And researchers found the most isolated people were three times more likely to die than those with strong relational connections. And then also from Harvard, T.H. Chan School of Public Health released a study in May of 2020. Regularly attending religious services were associated with lower risk of deaths of despair. The author study noted that religious participation may serve as an important antidote to despair and an asset for sustaining a sense of hope and meaning. They also wrote that religion may be associated with strengthened psychosocial resilience by fostering a sense of peace and positive outlook and promoting social connectedness. These studies prove that those with strong social ties live longer. Folks, your friends, your family, those you attend school with, work with, need you to tell them about the Lord. The crisis that some are in and the suicide crisis that some are in, that if you will share your faith and you know who's down, you know who's not doing well. If you will just say, hey, come to youth group with me. Hey, let me pray for you. Do you know I prayed for a friend? She was actually another realtor. And I prayed for her, and then I prayed for God to bless her. And when I said amen, she said, no one's ever prayed for me before. And no one's ever prayed for me to be blessed. Wow, shame on me. Wow. But there are benefits of belonging to a connection group. I just shared with you the health benefits. Everybody's looking to live longer. Okay, come to church. Get involved in a connection group. You can live longer. How about that? See, I'm intentional about trying to get you involved in a connection group because you can live longer. You'll look better, too. Because you'll be happier. <laughs> because, see, problems will seem overwhelming when you are isolated. See, isolation magnifies problems. 
Those who isolate themselves from relationships have a greater life struggle, and we see that. You can come to church every Sunday. Now, I'm going to say something here, and it's from love. It's from my heart. It's from love. Everybody got it? It's from love. You can come to church every Sunday and be intentional to walk in late or walk in as the music has started. You can be intentional to do that. You can be intentional that as soon as church is over or as soon as the blessing is announced and you go flying out the door. That's intentionality, not to be involved in a relationship. So I would like you, see, in love, take the time after church today to talk to people, meet people, because they're there to help you. I understand being late. A friend of mine bought me a keychain that said, I might be late, but I always look good. <laughs> so I get being late sometimes, but hang out and get to meet people. So other benefits also, it helps normalize struggles and problems. It's so, it's so nice to know that other people have problems and struggles, right? And, and they can help us to know how, how to handle that struggle, how to handle that problem, because they might have had that before in their life as well, and we can learn from each other in that. You cannot do that in isolation. Because in isolation, it seems like we know people who are isolated. And they are very unhappy and they complain all the time. But you ask them to come to church and, no, I can't do that. No, I can't be involved in a small group. And it's okay. We have people that come and are involved in small groups that do not attend our church. And that's okay. Because we're all part of the body of Christ, not just the bridge. You'll also learn how to um, apply God's word to your life. And when in a group, you'll receive support, encouragement, perspective, and resources you cannot manifest by yourself. You know, there, this past couple of weeks, and we were wondering if God really wanted Pastor Gray to go to Singapore. Is that, no, where's, where'd he go? Where's he at? <laughs> He's in Senegal. I forgot where he was. He's in Senegal. But anyway, a couple weeks ago, he went to get some mail out of our um, mailbox, and he did it this way, and he messed up his shoulder a little bit. And so, you know, he had x-rays and everything. Um, but it's good. It was good. We were like, oh, no, you know, he tore a rotator cuff, right? Well, then, um, then I get gas in my car, I fill it up, I pull it into the, the garage, turn it off, and then later on that evening, I want to leave, and it won't start. And, and it keeps trying to start. So we knew I wasn't out of gas, but the fuel pump went out. And then we had to have it towed to the garage, and so they found out that part of the electrical panel had gotten too hot, so they had to um, take it out and replace it. So I'm driving Pastor Greg's truck. 
His truck is in my name, too, and I remind him of it all the time. <laughs> but I'm driving Pastor Greg's truck. And then our refrigerator went out. We haven't had this kind of stuff happen in many years when everything just happens right before something, right? So I lived out of coolers for a couple days, or actually seven days, and we got a new refrigerator. Him and I were both home. We parted the waves for those people as they came in with that refrigerator. We both stood there and watched them. We were cheering them on. And it's amazing, you know you're an adult when you just are thrilled about a refrigerator. <laughs> right? So I got a new refrigerator. And it is an amazing refrigerator. That he actually, um, he's the one that actually picked it out. And I have to tell you that, because if I don't, and I tell him I told the refrigerator story, he'll go, did you tell them I picked that out? <laughs> so I'm telling you, he picked out a good refrigerator. But groups will foster honesty, loyalty, integrity, faithfulness, and promote growth, fellowship, and healing, competency, and it will help you persevere in trials. We all have trials. And being in, in church and in a small group will help you to persevere. That's what these scriptures are about today that we read. It's about persevering in the faith and being in church community and growing your faith is a lifelong and it can help you develop relationships that can last a lifetime the relationships that are developed in church last more than the relationships that you have in high school and even college and I know sometimes that's hard to believe but it's true but I also know that some of you are here today, and I told the first service I wasn't going to share this unless I had time. And I told the Holy Spirit I'm not going to share that unless I have time. Well, he made sure I have time. So I'm going to share um, something with you that happened to him and I. Because I know some of you are here today because of church hurt. Now, I'm not talking about abuses and also change of theology so i know some of you have come um, out of those issues and things and we understand that but this church hurt happened to pastor greg and i and it happened about over 25 years ago pastor greg had an associate pastor who was also um, the best man in our wedding they were just best buddies. And he was, Pastor Greg brought him on, started as the, the um, junior high youth pastor. You don't say junior high anymore, do you? Middle school, see, I just told my age. Middle school um, pastor, youth pastor. And then when he became the lead pastor, he put him into the associate. So they were very close, um, very good friends and our inner circle. Well, about two years prior to this event that happened, I mentioned to Pastor Greg, something isn't right here. Something is going on. I can't put my finger on it, but something, something's off. And he said, oh, he's my best friend. Oh, he won't do anything to hurt the church. Well, he split the church. We had never been a part of something like that before. I don't know if you have been a part of or heard about 
um, church splits, but it's, it's um, devastating. Um, the things that are, are words and things that are flying around are very difficult. I had never been a part of that. Pastor Greg grew up in ministry with his parents. I did not. And, and so I had never seen, seen that happen. I had never been a part of it. And I had never been so hurt in all my life. Because we're talking about inner circle. We're talking about people that led ministries, friends, prayed for us, encouraged us. And they took a group and split the church, took about 10% of the people. And then actually during a church split, about 10 other percent of people leave because they don't want to be involved in the fight. So words were flying, situations were flying, twisting of words. And people were telling Pastor Greg, you know, you need to stand up in, in the pulpit and say, tell people about this and that and what's being said. And he says, if I do, I will have to break confidentiality, and I refuse to do it. So we took a lot of hits. Um, they could break confidentiality, but we couldn't, or we wouldn't. I shouldn't say couldn't. We wouldn't, and he wouldn't. And that's the type of pastor you have. He would not break confidentiality to save his own skin. And so it was just, it was a hard time. It was the worst time in our ministry, probably even the worst time in our marriage. We grew up with these people. They were our friends. And, and it just, it was very crushing. And I tell you some of that just so that you understand. We understand church hurt. We understand deep pain. In fact, it taught us about deep pain. And it taught us how to pray for people in deep pain. You know, we were in very deep pain when a young couple came to us. They thought she was pregnant. It ended up being a nine-pound tumor. And we laid our hands on her, and we were in pain. We laid our hands on her and her husband, and we prayed in the name of Jesus that this, this tumor not affect her ability to have children. And it wasn't long afterwards, and it was an incredible thing that we dedicated their baby to the Lord. But the prayer came from deep pain, and they had deep pain, so we understand deep pain. But I tell you some of that, not because, not because we hang on to it. Like I said, it's, I don't know, it was around 25 years ago. I can't even remember, right? Because we took the time to let God heal us because of that pain. In fact, when people left, the people that stayed, they surrounded us, loved us. You know, when you're, the, when you're the leader or a leader of a connection group, you're always used to being the one providing the support and the encouragement and the prayer and the love. It's something different when they try to provide it to you. It's very humbling. And there were folks that came out of the woodwork, 
out of the shadows that we didn't even know they had the ability to do what they did. They would say, don't worry about it, Pastor. I, I got this. I got this. I will just step in, and, and I'll take it and do this. I'll do that ministry until you can get on your feet. They loved us. They loved on us, and they helped us. And this is, I said this first service, and they all started laughing. I said, well, if he did listen to me, but it, it's another listen to me. That's not the same listen to me. If he had the listen to me, because there were times I came home because something happened out in the community. Somebody said something to me, um, and it was just a rough time. I would say, get me out of here. I don't want to be here. In fact, because of this, I didn't want to be involved in ministry. And I also, it shook my faith. It shook my faith to where my faith felt like it was pulled out from under me. I don't know if you've ever experienced a shaking of your faith to where you're not sure you even believe that there's a God. That's where I was. It shook my faith that deep. Because it was like, if people treat their pastor like this, I don't want anything to do with it. We've heard of other churches go through church splits as well. It's horrible. It's horrible. But if he had listened to me, we'd have never met you. See, the devil could have used that to thwart our destiny. And there were times when he was down as well, and he was just ready to give up. In fact, a very large church in another state contacted him. That's a bad situation when you're going through what you're going through, and a very large church contacts you to become their pastor. So he said to me, because I was like, get me out of here. He said to me, if we leave, it'll hurt the church even more. So we stayed and persevered, and when he was down and was thinking about maybe we should go, I would say, over my dead body, buddy. <laughs> if we're going to go through this, we're going through it together, so you ain't giving up. And so we held each other close, and we grew very close together. We grew close together in ministry, and like I said, you have to understand, and I share that for those of you that have had church hurt. You cannot stay in it. You've got to grow through it. And God helped us, and we grew through it. And like I said, we would have never met you. Do you understand that? We would have never met you because I was done. There were times I was done, and we wouldn't be here today. And I believe this is a, a match made in heaven. That's how I think about you people. So we understand it takes time to be healed. It takes time to be healed from deep pain. Even if it's other circumstances, it takes time to be healed. 
It's not, oh, just get over it. It takes time to be healed. And you know when you are healed, when you can pray for those that have hurt you, for God to help them, for God to bless them, for God to bless their church, and for God never to allow anyone on that staff to split their church. That's when you know you're healed, when you can pray that. But it takes time. It takes time. And so go through the process and be intentional to go through the process of pain to healing with people in the church, with the connection group leaders, with the connection groups, because we want to love on you. We want to help you through your pain because we need one another for that. It's the relationships that we have to have relationships with God and one another to, to be able to have healing so that you can go out in the marketplace. There's nothing worse than having a bitter Christian. Don't go there. Oh, I wouldn't go there. But you'll go there. But no, don't, let, don't go there. They'll hurt you. They'll do this and that to you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't serve God. See, so my, my faith, again, got, got rocked. And God used it, though, to bring healing and to change of direction in my life. And this is what I told God. Now, it's funny now, but I was dead serious. When my faith was rocked, and I didn't believe that there was a God, I said to God, if you're not real, and none of this is real, I just want you to know I'm not going to tell anybody. I was out to help God. Because when your faith is rocked, that's how you feel. You feel like, is this real? And God showed me how real he was. And his healing came from the people in the church. Healing came from the people. So God can heal you and God can help you go into the marketplace and bring healing to others. So my last point, if the um, worship team would come, is to be intentional about living out your faith in the marketplace. Verse 25 says, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We all know what that day of approaching is. That's when the rapture takes place. That's when Jesus comes back, the day that he approaches and, and it helps us with our timetable because we don't know when that day is. But we all look and we can see what's going on in our world and thinking, wow, it's coming, it's coming quick. But Christ will return in accordance with God's timetable and perspective, not ours. And the marketplace needs followers of Christ to live out their faith in front of them in good times and bad. We had to live out our faith in the community through the bad times, not walk away from faith, not walk away from meeting together, not walk away from that. We had to plow and persevere through it. 
And God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus gave us the strength to do it. So in 1 Peter 2, 11 through 12, this is from the Message Bible. And, and I love this translation because it, it, it says exactly what I want to say today. It's 1 Peter 2, 11 through 12. Friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life in your neighborhood so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they will be won over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. Can we say amen? That's why we reach out to our community. That's why we go out into the marketplace because we want friends and family because God is love. God loves us. God loves the people that are here and the people that we can have contact with. He loves them and he wants them to come into the kingdom of God so that they can be forgiven, so that they can be set free, so that then they can go out and and be disciples to their friends and family. It's all part of the of God's plan and God's mission in our life, and that's what God wants us to do. He wants us that to go out and to bring others to him. God's will is for everyone to be saved. He wants everyone to be saved. And he gives everyone a choice of whether or not they want to do that. But our mission is to be intentional, to grow our faith and our relationship with God, our relationships with one another, and with the relationships we encounter in the marketplace. And everybody said amen. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we pray? If you just bow your heads and close your eyes, the first relationship that we need to get right is our relationship with God. And that's through his son Jesus and if you would like to ask Christ into your heart raise your hand and we'll pray with you we won't ask you to come forward but we'll pray with you as a congregation because this is what it's all about anyone else okay we're going to pray a prayer and just repeat after me I see those hands and repeat after me Say, dear Jesus, I come to you a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Take away my shame and my guilt and give me the life you have planned for me. I receive you now to be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So those of you that raised your hand to the, yeah, let's welcome them into the kingdom of God. Those of you that raised your hand today, that as you leave, but first you're going to meet people, right? First you're going to walk out and introduce yourself to people. 
As you leave at the doors, there's a little bag that says following Jesus. That's for you. Please take that. But also at this time, I'd like connection group leaders and our prayer teams to come forward, the leadership. Sometimes part of being in the body of Christ is having others pray with you for maybe hurt or decisions or things that you need, that they can come and pray with you and help you and encourage you. So if you would like prayer today, I'm going to give you just a couple minutes to please come down and, and those here in front will pray with you over your situation or over what you need. Have a great day. Have a great rest of your week. Your name.